0: Alright everyone, today on the show we have Einars Manes coming all the way from Latvia, and he's representing his crew Ski Luminati. This episode was actually recorded over a month ago at this point, but he's okay with waiting because him and his crew took six years to release their most recent film, Oda. So if you haven't watched the movie yet, go check it out on New Schoolers because we spent a long time talking about it in this episode. As always, if you like the show, be sure to subscribe and give us a rating. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at TwoPlankerPod to stay up to date on everything we're up to. If you want some free stickers, just let me know because we have a bunch of those left over. And that is it. We have a little Latvian music for the intro. Anar sent it over to me because one of his buddies made it. So hope you enjoy it.
1: are you and what do you do? My name is Einars Slansmanis. I'm from Latvia and uh, I'm a part-time freestyle skier and a ski coach and I'm working in this uh, cool facility named uh, the Spot Center here in Riga, Latvia, the capital city of Latvia and we have like this extreme sports center with like trampolines and skate parks in it and uh, I'm the director and I'm managing it and uh, in the spare time and also like organizing some events, I'm working uh, with Latvian Ski Association, so I'm organizing like um, ski competition, snowboard competition, uh, some like uh, national team, uh, uh, like trips, like uh, competition and training trips to other places, other countries, and uh, yeah, together with our friends, we have this uh, freestyle skiing crew and filmmaking crew, it's called Ski already almost like 11 years already we're doing this, uh, like making some ski movies and skiing and just having fun and, and, and developing some, uh, interesting projects. Like, uh, we have also like our own, uh, free ski school called, uh, Eskal Elementae free ski school here in Latvia. We're also going abroad and doing some camps and then teaching kids how to do some tricks. And uh, we've we're been uh, also producing some ski movies here in Latvia and all, all around Baltics, actually. Like Lithuania, Estonia, and Latvia, like uh, finding some cool spots and trying to make some cool shots.
0: So awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> before we like get into all the stuff that you're involved with, um, maybe tell everybody a little bit of background about where you grew up and what it was like growing up in Latvia
1: and skiing. Well, yeah, I'm I'm from uh, Riga, which is the capital city. I, I'm born here and uh, basically like spend my whole life here uh, uh, in the school and and, and uh, doing some trainings. But uh, my mother, she's from uh, the um, eastern part of uh, Latvia, which is called. We have like four regions in Latvia, which is. Uh, Kurzeme, uh, Zemgale, Bidzeme and Latgale. That's like four uh, parts of Latvia. And she comes from uh, from this uh, Latgale part. So uh, when I was a kid, I was uh, spending a lot of time there in my countryside. Um, yeah, when I was like five years old, uh, my dad uh, just asked me if I would like to uh, like participate or, or get in trainings of uh, or ski racing. So I didn't like know anything about that, but I said yes, let's go, let's do it. So since age of five, I started to do some ski training, ski racing trainings, and uh, that was my like basic sport, and I was uh, pretty serious about it, like a little kid, but competing in competitions, going to the camps abroad, and uh, so like spend a lot of time uh, in in these like uh, ski trainings and, and, and camps and competitions. Uh, also doing like participating and doing a lot of other sports and sport uh, has been a big part of my life like uh, ever since I was a kid Uh, and uh, yeah yeah living in Latvia also traveling uh, all around the world like uh, with, with alpine skiing ski racing I have been in many places like raced a lot of competitions also like world championships when I was uh 18 uh, i got in latvian national team which is which was a little team uh, with with some uh, athletes but no none of us was like uh, real professional skiers in sense of we didn't earn money from skiing we just uh spend a lot of time and spend a lot of money in skiing and then trainings and uh uh, the 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 association just got, gathered uh, the best skiers and made a team, and we went to Ore in 2007 to World Championships. After that, in 2009, I also went to um, Val d'Isere in France, the next World Championships, and also did a lot of fist competitions and uh, traveled to Canada for some competitions and uh, even Chile and China and like was pretty cool time to, to just ski around and, and do these competitions and um, I got in a big accident like straight after this uh, 2009 uh, world championships like a le- year later I got in a big accident which uh, didn't allow me to ski for uh, like three years and uh, I like crushed my uh, my dreams of becoming a, a real professional alpine skier or just you know to get like on the top level of ski racing and also like uh like my my big love for skiing also was freestyle skiing since age of like 15 16 also when i was a little kid i was usually trying to find some side booters on the sides of the slopes and then try to learn some 360s and then just jumps uh which uh, were not uh, like my coaches were not so happy about that they didn't allow us to do some tricks they were really strict with like training in the gates and stuff but uh, I was always like interested in to do some tricks and then going off of the course into uh, backcountry and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, so when I, when I was like 16, I got my first freestyle skis and I was doing some freestyle skiing in the spare time, just like a hobby. And then when I had this big uh, accident, a big crash, then uh, after that, uh, I, I realized that I have more time to spend in freestyle skiing. I couldn't ski myself, but I could start to organize competition, do some uh, events and uh, also help my friends with uh, filming the movie. And then when I got a little bit better, I could uh, jump into freestyle skiing, do some, uh, also some shots together with my crew and was was really nice. So basically, yeah, been my whole life here in Latvia, travel, traveling a lot abroad, but always uh, lived here and uh, grew up here, did everything here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and So who were, um, who were some of your ski influences uh, when you were growing up because you were like early 2000s when you were uh, like getting into freestyle skiing so were you watching like Simon Dumont and and all those guys or did you have Latvian skiers that you were looking up to
1: yeah for sure uh, the the like the major uh, ski stars of the world like Simon Dumont, uh, Tanner Hall and those guys were like big influences we were watching with my brother he's also a freestyle skier and we were watching some uh, competitions and the ski movies uh, and always looked up to these like uh, big stars of uh, ski world. But uh, before I got into freestyle skiing and really like started to uh, watch, watch the movies and watch the, the competition, I was more into alpine skiing. And uh, before that, my biggest influence, I had this like poster on the wall of Alberto Tomba, the famous Italian uh, ski racer. He was like a badass ski racer did some like partying in between the competitions and uh he had some <laughs> some like pretty badass uh like this vibe around him yeah. how he looked how he uh, acted and stuff like that so uh, he was like a big influence to me but like when usually when people ask ask me if i have some influence in skiing and where where do i look uh, like what style do i prefer i usually say that like it's better to just find your own path find your own style like try to to be yourself of course more than trying to just imitate somebody else but of course it's very inspiring to just uh, see some other people do some some amazing stuff and, and do some new tricks and and see the 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 big mountains because here in latvia it's almost flat everything it's just a little hills and and and, then some holes because i remember there was this one austrian guy he came to latvia that that's just a story uh which i heard from uh, my father uh because he knew this guy and he came to latvia from austria and uh and my father told him yeah we are we are also skiing here in latvia there's a lot of like ski uh uh places like with the with ski lifts and stuff and he's like oh really where do you ski please show me and uh, so he uh, showed him one of the places where we have the, like the best ski slope which is like 400 meters uh, long and the height difference is uh 85 meters like the vertical drop and <laughs> and this Austrian guy he's like yeah, you Latvians, you seem to build uh, like a ski lift in every hole you have there. <laughs> so he he said that we don't have mountains, we have holes instead.
0: Yeah. Because
1: but I guess usually it is like uh, when you when you arrive at the local ski ski resort or ski hill, it's not like you're at the parking lot and you can see the hill like you know going up there. But you just you, the parking lot is on top of the hill, and you're, you usually you go down like <laughs> from the parking lot down <laughs> in the hole, because yeah, some of the places they're like the old river banks, you know, like the river is floating here, and so the banks are like like super steep and and, and high, and so the skiing happens on on these like old uh, river banks. Yeah, and do you guys get
0: like a a lot of snow in the winter, or because how do you do urban if it's like?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, this winter was an exception. Like usually like once in 10 years, we have a very good winter, like three months with snow, maybe up to like 50, 60 centimeters of snow in the cities. So that's like the best scenario, but usually it's, um, it snows like heavy snow for us means it's like 20, 25 centimeters. I'm, I'm not sure how much. it's like maybe one feet yeah. maximum. and uh and uh yeah but it's usually like it snows and the next day or after like two three days it all melts down so we have to be very fast we have to go very like fast for the spot and there is some like colder places where the snow stays below for a little bit longer like near to the woods in smaller cities uh, but usually in the like in capital city, the snow melts away very fast. And like last year, we had one snowfall, not last season, but season before, we had one snowfall. And uh, but the snow didn't stay at all, like it, it melted away already, like in the moment in snow. And, snowed. and uh, after that, we didn't have any snow, any cold temperatures. So the season before, none of the ski resorts could open the hills up and they couldn't produce snow but uh basically on the on the ski slopes it's uh mostly man-made snow and uh only some some special times when it's like the last winter when it was snowing a lot uh, a lot of cold days then it snows and it you can get some like powder i couldn't say it's a powder it's like maybe maximum than two feet deep <laughs> and that's it
0: wow yeah and so for the background for all the listeners, so I reached out to you guys on Instagram so we could talk about Oda, the the ski movie that you guys made. But before we get into the movie, um, so when did you guys all um, join up with each
1: other and form Ski Illuminati? Were you guys friends when you were younger? Well, yeah, we were some of us, we were friends and some of us like uh, got to know each other just before we like got together and made this uh, the first project first movie uh basically we are seven like the 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 basic uh, crew is seven guys uh that's me my brother who is edwards landsman's he's he has all all also been like skiing in some world cups and uh, freestyle skiing and world championships and so on and uh, so yeah we are brothers then uh there, this guy rain Stabbinch, who is a uh, really good skier he has a really good s- style one of the best styles in baltics and um and uh, he was also into alpine skiing so we knew him already before when we were little kids basically then there is uh, kaspar swoszolinch who is uh, coming from tsesis from another city which is uh, one of the best cities for like urban skiing because it has a lot of like uh hills and in the city like streets on the hills and there's some nice spots over there there's also like uh some ski resorts around the city with some snow parks and stuff like that and he was also one of the first uh, latvian skiers who went in the streets like started he because he started to film some streets before skilominati and then uh, we got to know him and then we like collaborated and started to film together so those are like three guys then we have uh, Pauls iklavs who uh, who is like probably he, he was not anymore but he was one of the craziest dudes like from our collective and he was this guy who couldn't ski but he always wanted to do some tricks and he wasn't like skiing you know from five four years old and. And then he went into alpine skiing. None of that. He was just like he was snowboarding, mixing, stuff like that. And then he got uh, got like a very good friend, uh, this rainy Stabbing, and uh, the rainy Stabbing just told him, "Hey, come on, let's let's go to the to the slopes. I will teach you how to ski. I will teach you some tricks." And he just went for like flips in the first day, and uh, and that was his like main main thing just to be crazy and create creative in the spot and always trying to do the gnarliest like drops and and, and jumps and stuff like that and right now he's uh, also like professional actor Uh, then we have Ernest Starbulis, who is also one of the directors of uh, ODA Uh, also always he's one of like the brains behind all of our our, uh, like projects he always has some cool ideas the different perspectives on things and stuff and he's uh he's also a- architect right now professional and uh he was he was uh, like one of the initiators to uh make the ski illuminati and to start film filming ski movies him and Rain stubbage they both like talked about it uh, it was 2010 they talked about it and then uh also, like, told us, and then we got together basically in 2011. Uh, was our first project named Manifesto. And also, I forgot to tell you that we have also, so yeah, it was me, Edis, uh, rain Stabinch, Pauls, and then Kaspar Suozolinch, and uh, um, Emil Suozolinch. Emil Sozolinch, he's uh he has very nice style you should yeah, check him out in instagram some he has some really nice uh like edits and he's also like a professional he's uh the only guy from our crew who's taking the filming uh like professionally and he's like just you know making some uh some videos for for companies and stuff like that so uh, and he's really talented in that and, and you can check it, check his videos on instagram he has pretty cool stuff and didn't I forget? So one one more time. So me, Edis, uh, Kasper's, uh, Reinis, uh, Emils, uh, Ernest, and Pauls. Yeah, that's seven guys. And the the interesting thing is that all of us we are from like different uh, different uh, like um, uh, different professions. So I'm a, I'm a ski coach and I'm a sports developer manager. My brother, he's an artist, uh, like male designer. Uh, then it's Ernest, who is an architect. Uh, then we have Kaspar Sozolinc, who is a DJ and also like graphical designer. Then it's Emil Sozolinch, who is a, a, the videographer and then making videos and then movies. Uh, then we have Paul Siklavs, who is a professional actor. And then Rain Stabinch, who is... Um, uh, um, how do you call this? Uh IT specialist, not IT specialist, the prog- program programmer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. We're coming from like different like fields and then just always uh that I think that's uh that helps us to to just think out from the box because we're not like in the same like room every day, all of us like you know, sitting together and thinking about the next project. We're just coming. Together from our own, like jobs, and then, like, I have this idea, I have that idea, and then we put them together and make some magic. Yeah, definitely. And so, how did you guys choose the name S- Ski Illuminati? Yeah, well, uh, 2010, uh, like late 2000s, uh, it was this like Illuminati thing, you know, like everybody yeah. talked about it, and it was a big, like, mystical thing. So, that was like one of the influences for, for the name. And then uh, there's skiing, you know, skiing, skill, and this Illuminati, and we were kind of like uh, unknown guys. Also here in Latvia, we were not like popular at that time, but we felt that we can make something like special, and we can uh, gather around us like a lot of people, a lot of supporters, and uh, that's why we chose this like Illuminati uh, thing, and then we just put put the skiing and skill and skiing together with the illuminati so uh in the end we got the skilluminati (laughs) yeah it's perfect uh, well (laughs) that's probably that's like my part of the story probably if you would ask some of our other crew members they would tell you different kind of like story behind the name but yeah it's like basic basic uh meaning of it
0: yeah makes sense uh so what was the I mean, it's such a long project, so it, it might not be so easy to say, but like, what was the backstory behind ODA and like, why did you guys want to make it? And also, why did it take six years
1: to make? Well, yeah, this, this is a tough one. Uh, well, the, we had, we had the previous, before ODA, we have, we had this, uh, project called SK Elementae, which is, uh, uh, shorter for Skilominati, just like the seven letters out from Skilominati, which symbolizes also like seven members of the crew. And uh, the the uh, project before the skill project was more about us, and it was like a one of our big influences was the Step Crew, and we looked up to them and, and their like style and their their uh, technicality in the streets and uh, how they. Uh, put everything together like the toughness of the like the, the the vibe of the movie the tough vibe of the movies uh, uh we really like that and uh, and this uh escalament was some somewhere similar to that like you know the rough and tough like the uh, latvian ski spots which is like uh, usually old soviet union like buildings and like almost like uh you know, fall falling apart, and there's like rusty rails and like super sketchy spots, and like like that's that's our stuff here in Latvia, and almost no snow, and then we would just try to bring some snow from some piles, you know, and put, put on the on on uh, on the landings on or on the entrance of the spots, and uh, that movie was like a in sense a classical uh, street uh, ski flick, you know, and and then uh, after that one we thought that. If we are making another movie we should make something more than just you know uh, edit some interview next edit another interview and then there's the, our sponsors and then we end it so we thought we should make something like more like a movie with skiing and and we we, we should try to like go another like direction not this classical ski movie style so the first year after we released this uh, last project, we didn't do anything. There was a, also a really bad winter, and then we just developed some ideas. And Ernest uh, and my brother Edis, he they both uh, told us that they they would like to like uh, be the directors of the movie, so they will develop the story. And Ernest, uh, he was uh, writing down some like scenarios. And uh, my brother, he was drawing up some um, comic, like comic, making comics book. And and one big influence for them was uh, the early ski movies or the mountaineering movies in the 1920s, 1930s. And those movies, uh, which is very interesting, they were always uh, telling like um, some story. There was always a story in them like uh, or it was about like uh, the ski skiing technique or there was something about the people who are living in the mountains uh, or maybe some love story in between maybe some war you know war scenarios in, in that as well and uh, and uh so ernest he he thought that maybe we should go a little bit back and look at these movies and try to uh, take something from them and then uh, also, put some uh, creative, like uh, things from our side, like artistic, you know, uh, things. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's how the idea came up, like that we should make something, uh, something different, something uh, that's maybe never ha- have not been done right now in the ski world, ski movie world. And uh, yeah, that's 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 why we chose this this way. We thought that uh that ski movies like right now they're pretty much the same like always uh, falling uh, following the same patterns you know like like i said there's some really nice scenery cool shots like the newest cameras the biggest kickers then the newest tricks and it's like every year the same thing happens in the all the movies basically there is some exceptions of course but uh Mostly like 80% of the movies, it's the same thing, you know, like the same, the same uh, patterns, different tricks, different like skis, different maybe spots, and different uh, skiers. There's always some new skiers, of course, but the same like structure, the same structure. And uh, that was like also a big thing for us that we have to uh, somehow, you know, get out, out from this. Uh, stigma that we're in like the ski movie stigma that it, how it should look how it should be that we could like because we have which which is also a big thing for us that we don't have to follow these like strict uh, rules you know and, and and licenses and stuff like that where we have to like oh we have this uh, big deal with the i don't know what kind of brand you know and we have to produce this movie in one year, and we have to show this like brand like this, and we cannot do that, and we cannot do this. So we have to stri- strictly stay on this like uh, pattern. And then when you're into this situation, you have to. Uh, it's very hard to uh, experiment, you know, and try new things. For us, uh, we still we still had to uh, we still had some obligations, like we had Monster Energy as uh, one of the sponsors for the movie. And those guys were uh, very upset when we didn't release the movie after the second year already in the production. But uh, somehow we managed to, uh, to convince them that we, have, we need more time. And uh, uh, yeah, the, the first year we started, it, it started good. But uh, like the first half of the winter was very nice, very snowy and cold temperatures. So we started to film. And then after that, it uh, went very bad, like super warm. And the winter just, I think in 2012, it just ended like half season, just no snow anymore. And, and also you have to keep in mind that, like I told you, uh, all of us were from different professions and none of us are like professional skiers or professional filmmakers and this pro uh, this project uh, wasn't financed from uh, like a big sponsor or from some government uh, project or anything like that. We had like Monster Energy was uh, helping with us w- with some finances, but uh, it wasn't like enough to cover, you know, all the expenses for the po- project. It was like a, maybe, I could say like maybe 10% of all the expenses, maybe even less. I'm just... Uh, talking from the head right now and uh this this project is was uh our own initiative and our own finances and our own time so you have to like for example Kaspers uh, at that time he was working uh, in dhl driving this uh the bus you know uh, bringing some some uh goodies all over the places and uh so Usually his work started at eight o'clock, so it means he woke up at six, and then he had to go out from the house at seven. And uh, for example, like night before, we we would uh, do some street skiing in the nights with like uh, all the like things you know you need to do, building the spot and then putting the lights and filming. And usually it then like starts at maybe ten o'clock in the evening, and then ends like two three o'clock in in the night or in the morning, and then he's going home sleeping for 2 3 hours and then driving his boss <laughs> his bus to the to the um, headquarters to pick up the stuff he needs to deliver and uh, similar things to to all of us like Ernest uh, uh, also had to finish his uh bachelor's degree then he had to finish his master's degree in architecture uh, i was also studying for the first Oh, no. I finished my studies. I think up, uh, yeah, yeah, before the project, I finished my studies. But still, I had, I had to like organize competitions in the winter for freestyle skiing and snowboarding. So uh, the the weekends or the like, the days of skiing time and, and the snowy days, they're the same days we have to use for uh organizing competitions organizing some trainings and at the same time we need to film something you know fresh for for the movie and uh the same story for all of us we all have some projects some like day-to-day works to do and uh we were, we were just trying to go like mostly in the nights like go out in the nights or just uh, try to go every weekend to film something or if if there was some uh, competition to organize because i'm um, usually uh, trying to um, give like some some positions in the organizing also to my friends like from skilllumati uh, for for the judge position or uh, filmers photogra- photographers uh, commentators DJs all my friends from skillti they jump in the the organizing competition and uh, so th- that's one of the big struggles we, we were uh, we were dealing with uh, that uh, we just didn't have spare time free time to you know like oh next week it's very snowy so we quit our jobs and go go filming it, it we it couldn't be like that we had to still work and still do do our basic things daily things so so yeah and then then the 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 next 2000 and um so i was i was a little bit wrong about the the dates so we the first movie we had it was uh, in 2011 manifesto then the second one uh, escalament was on 2012-13 season then the next year we didn't uh, film and then afterwards we started in 2005 to uh, 2015 mm-hmm. so that's that's right and uh and then yeah then we had like some bad winters some better winters but uh, we were we were kind of like Thinking that we're gonna be uh, releasing the movie on 2017, but uh, <laughs> again, some. I think Ernest he went. Uh, we have this like er- Erasmus program where you're when when you're studying in university, and then, then the universities they have some uh, cooperations with another universities all around Europe, and he can go uh, study abroad for a half a year that's uh, this erasmus program and uh, he went to france for half a year so one of our main guys who who was editing the most uh, he couldn't be with us for like half a year so we had to postpone it uh, for half a year and so there was like a lot of ma- like a lot of things but the, the the good thing is that uh the movie became better and better with every year and uh, we you know we grew up you know like we we got mature (laughs) matured up and uh, so we had like new ideas like new concepts how we could and the movie was changing like i know i don't know how many times but it was changing a lot you know the the parts the segments were like flipping around all the time like hmm, maybe this one should go here oh yeah it's much better no the next like uh two months passes and no it should we just should change it like that and also like the music changed and a lot of things changed and i think in the end uh, the, this whole time uh, it, it made me the, the the film much better for sure mm-hmm.
0: and how long did it take to do all of the like the more cinematic elements of it with the with the big set that you guys built? How long did that filming take?
1: Um, actually, two nights.
0: Okay, yeah, because it seems like, <laughs> you know, it's a pretty small set. It seems like that wouldn't take, uh, you know, that's just yeah, yeah. all done at once, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, uh, it was also really interesting uh, how we did it. Uh, well, this the, the place where we did it, it's a um, uh, university for filmmaking and... Uh, there's like a lot of like different things which you can choose to study there but they have this big like uh, space for uh, making movies and they have like green screen back black screen uh, white screen uh, like big curtains you know you can pull around and then you can make the set there and uh, some of our friends they were studying there and uh, the st- students they can use the spaces they can like sign up, you know, like uh, I'm gonna use it for tomorrow from five till six and so on. And so uh this uh friend for um, this our friend he just uh asked asked the the some some people who are responsible about this studio if he can use it for two nights and uh they said yes you can use it and then we did it like half you know uh, in secrecy <laughs> because it wasn't like super Uh, not legal, but you know, uh, he didn't tell that, yeah, we're going to film this movie with our friends. He just told that he's going to use it for his own like studying project. So uh, I remember that we were uh, in the last hours of like our time. but We knew that at six o'clock in the morning, we have to give it to the next guys who are coming to film there. And we're just filming another scene, and the, these guys are like standing there with their bags and cameras and everything. They're like waiting for us to finish, and we're like, "Okay, one more, one more try, one more. Try. Let's make this one good." <laughs> so it was it was pretty hectic and uh, in a big rush, but somehow we managed it, and pretty pretty happy with the result.
0: Yeah, it well. was. I I thought the, it turned out very very nice. And who came up with the idea for all the? different elements that would be on that set.
1: I was it was Ernest Ernest Herbles. He was uh like I said he was uh for most of the ideas he was like uh, the brains behind them and then whenever he had some ideas he would just tell them to us and then we would uh like uh make some meetings or just you know talk through to messenger and say yeah this is good this is not so good maybe we can uh, like change it a little bit or uh, maybe then somebody else has an idea and throws it in so we de- develop but this was uh ernest's idea to make this like a um, well the first the first idea was to make this uh like an infinite somehow an infinite or like a you no know, uh space which is not like a real room which is not the real space so if you would see it in in the movie you couldn't rec- recognize it like oh that's a room or oh that's a uh, some some uh, bar or whatever place, but it it should be in like uh, like some you know like a magical like a dream dreamy place. So we started to think what what could look like that. What could we do? So we didn't have like a big budget or anything to 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 make a big set, but we had to came come up with some ideas that we could uh, develop by ourselves. So. In the end, Ernest had this idea that, okay, let's make this uh, room because this um the storyteller, which is like a ghost, he has to be in some space. and And then there is going to be like uh, things in the room which will be rep- representing uh, some uh, like like in the movie, you can see that uh, the the window is representing the action, for example, or uh, the bed is representing the memory and so on. So, Later on, the, all the, like, ideas, they, like, grew around this uh, idea of making this, uh, like, a living room, basically, for, mm-hmm. for our storyteller.
0: And at any point, did you ever think, you know, because you have a long time to think about this movie, you know, from, since 2015, did you ever think, uh, maybe this is too artistic? Like, maybe we should do something a little bit more simple? Or were you guys all dedicated to doing something completely different?
1: Well, Bill, for sure, we had these like moments uh, uh, where where we we're thinking that, yeah, maybe we should go like some, like we, we should choose another like uh, path and, and try to do it simpler, sim- like simple, simple, not so complicated because sometimes, you know, you, you are, your ideas are crazy, but uh, it's hard to actually make them realistic, you know? So we had to like, Stick to the ground sometimes, but um, but when when we were already like two two or three years in the movie, we thought that we don't have any like uh, way back. We cannot like produce movie for four years and then it's like a regular uh, movie like always, you know, uh, with with just some spots and some music and interviews and stuff like that. So we we still we had this like dedication that we have to we have to do something special and like. Like I say, sometimes I think that we we were just squeezing out all the juice we had, like from all the shots we had, and also from this like studio uh, studio work we done, and uh, from all the ski shots we we did, from all the spots we did, we were just squeezing out the last juices to to make it like the best possible uh, outcomes. It, it is, yeah, yeah.
0: It- it took me two nights to watch this the first time um, because it's, it's very long and I would always start it like right before bed. So I would have to, you know, restart it the next night. So there's a couple scenes that stand out to me and they stood out both times. I watched it. Um, The first one is the jump over the Raga sign. Is it Raga or Riga? Riga. Yeah. The jump over the Riga sign. So what, what happened with that? Because that one was, um, just so impressive, especially what you guys ended up doing with the, with the prop that then became the actual sign in real life. So what happened with that?
1: Well, yeah, these, uh, we have, we have two, uh, two Riga signs here in Riga. The Riga is the capital city of Latvia. One is like, uh, both of the, both of them are on the biggest, like ent- entrances of the city. One is from, um, west side and one it's from east side i think yeah and um and uh this one is from the east side and it's uh it has always been there like for i don't know 40 50 years i guess and uh we were always thinking that yeah maybe we should try to jump over it you know one day when it's gonna be a lot of snow we should try to jump over it and then uh yeah like you know like usually it is with spots you you have like a couple of spots in mind and then you remember, oh, there was this rig assigned. Okay, let's let's go and check it out. Let's see what we can do. And uh, well, basically, the 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 most important thing for, for that was that we have our own winch, which is a pretty uh, good winch, which is also handmade, like DIY made, uh, just from my brother. He's my brother. He's a metal designer, so he can he made this uh, frame. One of our friends, he's uh, he was working in this um, lawn, lawnmower uh, workshop. So he knew like all the things about the engine and uh, the chain and everything you need to put on the winch. So yeah, we made it ourselves. And uh, that was a big factor because uh, we knew that uh, with that winch, we can get enough speed because those layers, they're like uh, 4.5 meters high from the ground, which is pretty high and uh and yeah and this spot was in our minds for a long time and then when the right time came we knew that yeah let we have to do it and emil's uh emil's uh yeah told that he wants to do it so we let him do it It let him jump and uh we spent uh, like two days each day like uh, three four hours of filming and uh and then he'll hit it like, I don't know, 20, maybe 25 times. Not, not too much, actually, but uh, mo- mostly like it's the it, uh, most of the time went into building the kicker and, and putting on some snow on the landing because there wasn't a lot of snow around and the tall grass as well underneath the snow. It's hard to like dig the snow and put it on the on the place where you want it. And um, yeah, afterwards, when, when we were uh, developing some ideas for this um, uh, studio shoot, then uh, we, I don't know who of us, but somebody came up with the idea that, oh, we should make also this rig assigned, like a small one, and then we can like uh, edit it afterwards and it's going to look cool. So we did it basically, yeah.
0: So was that one of those spots that after you did it for the rest of your life, you're just drive. whenever you drive down the highway you'll look at the sign and be like yep we we finally did it
1: yeah yeah, yeah for sure for sure uh, it is one of the spots and also i like when uh when i sometimes meet some of my friends other friends and, and also when I, I was talking i remember once when i was talking to some uh, stranger uh, on on the ski slope i i think and he, we just started to talk about skiing and uh he asked uh, me if I do like, freestyle skiing, for how long I do freestyle skiing and so on. So usually I, I tell also some stories about uh, illuminati And uh, then this one time I remember then this guy told me that, hey, you were the guys who were building this kicker before the Riga sign and jumping over it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, they were us. And, and he's, yes, I was driving in my car just because there's this big highway just going... Uh, on the side of this like sign and uh, yeah, so a lot of people could can uh, check it out in the real time there
0: yeah, that was the other thing I was gonna ask because it's it's literally right next to the highway so was anybody stopping and and like saying, "Hey, what uh, are you guys doing or was it just people flying by just looking
1: at you I think somebody stopped just to take some photos and film some videos, but no uh no police no no angry people nothing like that
0: mm-hmm and so while we're talking about the police, so like in America they're very strict about like trespassing and you know private property. So what what's it like in Latvia? Are they more strict, more relaxed? Like how does it work when you you know go go onto somebody's business basically and use their handrail?
1: Like how do they react? Well, actually we we we're not using that much like private properties. Uh there's a lot of like uh uh public spaces with good spots so there's not actually there's not that much like private properties and and when there is some like really nice private spots we know know already that we that it's not worth to uh, spend the energy you know build the, the setup and then uh you spend like two hours building and then the some owner comes and just calls the police on you and then then you have to leave so they're not doing that so much they're usually usually trying to uh, be really like strategic about uh, choosing spots and we're thinking that oh yeah this this could be a kick out and that could be a really nice spot without any kick outs and Sometimes it happens that we think that oh this is a spot where no kickouts will be happening, and then suddenly somebody comes and calls the police uh, or, or just uh, doesn't like what we do. But it really depends from uh, from the policemen and from people. I remember this uh, this season we had just we went to this one rail which is it's a public spot, a public handrail, and uh, it was really snowed in. And there is the staircase, which wasn't used like, because it was really snowed in. And on the other side of the staircase, there's, there's like a asphalt, a little asphalt the path. And it was cleaned out, also salted, so it's, it doesn't slip. And, and we built the kicker from the other side, from like the staircase side to the rail and uh somebody just called the police on us and the police came and I'm I'm like telling the the policeman that uh, hey but we're not like like we're not uh um you know uh, using the the side where people are walking so we're not uh uh you know we're using the other side We're we're not uh, messing around with the this other side and uh he said no sorry because we have this call we have to respond and we have to like do something about the situation so we cannot let you stay here so it really depends from uh from uh people uh and from the cops as well because sometimes cops come and they're like oh what are you doing here oh filming okay doesn't look like you're hurting anybody or breaking anything so we can stay and do your thing it really depends but like uh maybe you have seen this uh escalament movie if you haven't uh yeah i don't think i've seen it yet unfortunately yeah yeah well it's not possible actually right now to okay, see yeah. it anymore because it's uh not in the not in the internet anymore and it's gone. Uh, i hope it's gonna be someday soon <laughs> because yeah. we have to uh switch some songs and, and and so on so yeah and in that movie uh, the, there was this very famous uh, scene from that movie where uh uh our crew. I wasn't there at that time, but our crew. They went to this famous spot uh, called Seinita, which is in English a Mushroom because this like uh, old restaurant uh, in between the uh, big highway, and it looks like a mushroom a little bit. Uh, its name it it is Mushroom Sainita and uh, it's it's a private property, but there is not like not fence around it or anything. People usually like walk through the par- property because it's just a uh, straighter way and uh the guys they were starting to like build some spots because there's the really like a lot of like options where you can go and jump around like there's this like this dome roof where you can jump over and go on and then drop down and they started to film they started to shoot and then this uh security guy came with the gun it started to like swing the gun around like this and You fuckers, I caught you, you were stealing my, uh, I don't know what what he thought the guys are stealing, some metal things probably because, you know, he heard the the sound of the winch, which is going like all the time. And it's similar to some, I know, some instruments where you like uh, cutting some metal or something so he thought that they're stealing something and he grabbed one of the guys like like just like this and and he called uh, to him and, and said you know you're gonna have some big trouble right now but he's speaking russian and and i called and then he's calling to some uh, other guy and the guys are trying to tell him hey calm down we're just skiers we're filming a movie here look we have ski boots we have ski hairs we have like cameras around us and stuff but he like didn't believe them and still swing the gun around and it was really intense that was like the most intense situation uh, our crew was into yeah for sure so there's like this kind of scenarios with some crazy russian uh, guys who are uh, working there and then there's sometimes like people just standing and applauding and then really enjoying what we do
0: yeah, that is so funny. You guys gotta post that that video online at some point, even if it's just that sure. clip. Yeah. Sure, so, yeah. some of the other clips that stood out to me, um, the one with the train passing by, and then he jumps over the tracks right after the train passes. So it must have taken like a bunch of tries, yeah. right, to yeah, actually yeah, time yeah. it out and get the get the shot perfectly.
1: Yeah, well, the the first idea actually was to jump before the train. <laughs> yeah, but we thought that uh, even even if we would like succeed, probably the, they would call the cops, and it's like a big, actually big, uh, big thing if you do something on the railroads because the railroads are like uh, the top safety priority, you know, places, and uh, they're really uh, guarded. Not like guarded, guarded, but if some police sees that we're doing something on the railroads. and even in this spot we we try we try not to not to be on the railroad platform, just you know to hang around there, and uh, whenever we saw that the coast is clear, we could jump over it, uh, slide the rail, and jump over it, uh, and yeah, it took a took us a lot of tries to to do it, like just to measure measure the distance and measure the timing and to start on the right time but we had our radios and we had the, our like uh, lookouts you know who were just checking when the train train we we knew the we knew the list of the trains because it's like um you know it's the train comes like once in uh, 20 minutes or something so we knew the schedule and then uh, we had some lookouts and they were just saying that yeah, the train is coming, and we could hit it in the right spot and go. Mm. And we were pretty lucky. It was, I think, it was like uh, maybe with fifth try or something. Of course, uh, in the like just bef- between the between the times when the rail uh, when the train was coming, uh, Edis Edis was uh, doing the spot, and he was just doing the the rail without the train and doing some uh, some spins out from it and so on. And then uh, every time when the rail t- came uh, the train came then he tried to just be on point and do it on the right time
0: Mm -hmm. and so the 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 shot that actually ends up in the movie that's no that's not any uh movie magic he actually timed it out and yeah and hit the rail just after the train had passed by yeah wow uh and and then the other shot that really stood out to me and i'm sure you could probably guess the one i'm thinking of it's it's actually there's two but the, the whole scene that stood out to me was the hitting the urban rail during rush hour, uh, during the rush hour commute. So like, could you tell us what happened with that? Because that scene, I mean, talked about talk about stepped influences. That felt like it was right out of a step movie. It was just so sick.
1: Oh, well, yeah. That was actually one of my ideas that, uh, that no, actually the, the the idea was to take this um, the this rail, famous rail, because this is like, uh our uh famous uh circus building which is also a really old one and it should have uh it will have uh, this reconstruction some some time i think not this summer maybe next summer or afterwards but um but we knew that they're gonna like probably take away the rails and then maybe maybe even uh, you know swipe out the building and maybe build something uh, something else there. so we knew that we have to take these rails because they are these are very really, like famous rails in Riga City and everybody who has uh, who's living here they know about these like rails and who's into like uh, some extreme sports blading, skating, bay mixing and stuff like that. So uh, that we knew that this spot would stood out for sure. And then uh, I had this idea that, hey, let's do it like the opposite, uh, which uh, the opposite thing what we are doing usually that we're waiting for those times when there's less people around, there's no police, there's like a safe, safe time to do the spot. And I said that hey, let's go like the opposite thing and just go in the biggest rush hour we have, like five o'clock in the evening when everybody going back home from the works. And uh and then then we thought, okay, but when then we need like a real mission, you know, like with perfect timing, we need more guys with, with some snow. And the thing was that there wasn't any snow around that time. We took the snow. From uh, our uh, house, like we we in this winter time, you know, when you pile up some snow, it stays for a longer time, like in piles. So we took that snow, we throw threw it in uh, trash bags. We uh, rented out this old uh, Volkswagen van. So we we even built it uh, a kicker from uh, plywood and two by fours. So we took that one as well, and uh, we used bungee because it wasn't possible to use winch. And uh, we had, uh, how many? We had uh, three filmers. Uh, One guy, he was uh, on the other side of the street, on the balcony of this other building. And uh, it was also really funny because it's like two, three days before uh, Ernest, he was uh, just uh, like walking by the spot and thinking about the spot, how we could film it and how we could do it. And uh, he saw this balcony just on the other side of the street. And he thought, hmm, that would be the perfect spot for a filmer to stand and film everything, what what is happening on the streets on, on the spot. And he went in this uh, building, went up. Uh, there was some kind of... Uh, uh, office there and he went in the office and he said like hey you know we're the students we're filming this movie maybe we can use your uh, balcony for uh, like two three hours tomorrow or day after and uh, there was some nice women there and they're saying yes for sure you can use it uh, and that that's no problem and <laughs> that was really funny as well so how we got this that spot and uh then we had some uh just some lookouts you know because we had to clear a little bit the street and and there was some guys telling some random like people that hey careful here's one guy coming with skis don't stand there like make some room and stuff like that so it was real really like a mission like perfectly planned everything uh but yeah as you can see in the movie. Uh, Emil dis- didn't succeed with the, with sliding the whole rail, and actually this was the biggest injury of odd uh, Well, while making the order, he uh, um, broke not broke but like uh, how you call it when you like trip apart his muscle.
0: Oh, he did, well, yeah, tore his muscle. Yeah,
1: tore. Yeah, yeah, tore his uh, his uh, hamstring muscle oh. while while yeah landing on the rail there. And then after that, he uh, stood up and tried to do another time. And then the security guard already came out from the circus house. And he told us that, no, guys, you have to finish. This is over. And uh, we managed to ask him just for another try to to do it. And and he didn't succeed. But still, I think it's... uh, it's cool that uh, you also show sometimes that uh, not all the spots are like successful some of the spots you you just cannot cannot do and you, you you fall down and maybe you have some injuries and then you have to deal with this like not only the physical trauma but also the mental you know trauma like uh, that that haunts you after the spot that you couldn't succeed you couldn't you couldn't do it
0: yeah i thought it was um i thought the same thing actually like at first it's like a little bit disappointing because if he did get it, it's like surreal, you know, it's like out of an action movie basically. But it was, it became like an honest moment afterwards when he gets in the van and you see his face and you could tell that like, he, you know, people are generally disappointed that it didn't happen. But I think, I think it was still such a great scene because it shows like what goes in to the movie, you know, like you make this big plan and like trying to get that, that rail in particular in two tries is like, you guys probably knew it wasn't
1: gonna work right well we hope that emios will have the skills to do it but uh uh he said he said that uh, the kicker was a little too like steep mm-hmm. so when he jumped from the kicker to the rail he was too high above the rail so it was hard to like uh, stick to the rail basically mm-hmm. so that's why his his ski just uh, you know flew out yeah, Emil's, I, that was like Emil, Emil's direction. His like uh, uh, best side, you know, with the left leg in front. Uh, so that's that's why he did the spot. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't like super happy about the spot. He was very, very uh, stressed about it before we did it. He already told us yeah that oh this rail it's so steep and this like the connection bef- between this uh, the, or, or basically the first kink part. Is very like you know with a lot of angle and, and very tough on your uh skis when you when you go through over it so we knew that it's gonna be hard but we hope that emios could land it with the first try or the second try maybe yeah and yeah we we hope that maybe we could we could uh, get like maybe five tries or something like that before the, somebody comes out from uh, like the security guard or somebody calls the police
0: yeah and what, yeah. so what was the discussion afterwards obvious. did you guys were you like what was the reaction from everybody else after you guys drove away and you're like well we didn't we didn't exactly land the trick
1: well the first reaction was i think that we were talking that uh, we should come back we should hit another time but since Emil's had this injury and uh, like you know, with the adrenaline rush, you can still go with your like if even if you break something or some some like bad injury happens, you have this adrenaline rush. You don't feel the pain. You can still go and try a couple of like five, 10 minutes, you know, but uh, afterwards when he when he sat in the car and then he had to like stood up when we drove away uh then he felt that this is like something big has happened to his leg and and then he went to doctor and then yeah he knew that uh, he has turned his muscle and uh i think he couldn't ski for uh two months or something after that so uh we th- yeah. Yeah. I think we thought that we're going to, we're going to do another try. We, we're going to just, you know, start from scratch, do it another time, but, uh, and also wait for, for more snow to come in. So that also took a lot of time and, uh, maybe some people were just starting to watch. Why are these guys like just, uh, throwing some snow on the ground from the trash bags? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, then, but then, you know, when, when the, some time passed. Uh, where, uh, then we, we were talking more about this like uh, spot and what happened and and uh, and then we thought we thought that maybe it's not that bad that he didn't land it. Maybe it's even better. Maybe it's something something different. Something uh, something else, you know. And it could give give uh, more. Maybe more than uh, if the trick would just be landed.
0: Mm-hmm
1: so that that's why we stayed with with what what we got yeah i thought
0: i mean there's no way you can leave that out it was just too cool of a of a moment even though even though like it didn't go the way that you initially planned um my last the last clip that really stood out to me um was was the ender just because it was so cinematic you know like it it takes uh was that you that did the backflip at the end
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah because it takes the shot of you yes, yes, yes. L- leaning over at the beginning and then you know and then it, then it's a callback at the very end where you sit up and do the backflip so where was that even shot because that looks like it's in like a empty warehouse or something
1: yeah yeah, it's uh it is an empty warehouse it's an empty uh and abandoned factory and it uh, was working from uh 19 60s or or late 60s up until 19 late 80s i don't remember the exact names uh, the exact dates but um, it's located in this lagal region which i told you about where my mother is coming from and uh, also my grandmother she was working in this factory like in the 70s like something like that and they were producing uh, bricks because they have uh, these like materials in the ground Uh, i don't know the english name what you call like uh, the materials you make bricks from uh clay the clay 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 yes Mm -hmm. and uh yeah they have this good like clay in the ground there so they made this big factory and it was one of the biggest factories in soviet union for making these like uh, bricks from the clay and uh, also like tiles for the roofs and stuff like that so i knew this place already from my childhood because because uh, when i was visiting my countryside and uh, few times we were just driving by this big old factory and uh, then uh when uh, when we started to film Oda, I told the guys that we should probably we should for sure go there and and find some spots. And we were actually waiting for a big snowfall because this like this place it's it's crazy. we could we 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 even had the idea that we could make some kind of like a, like a street skiing competition, you know, just gather like five, four teams. Of street skiers and give them like three days to shoot whatever they want in this place because there there's so many opportunities and like super big drops and wall rides and and like you could like make your imagination go wild there and, and do some some cool cool things, but yeah, so we were waiting for a for a cool a good time for a good uh, snowfall but it didn't come didn't came and in the end there was like. It was like all, almost like uh, March, I think, or or end of the March, and we thought, okay, maybe this is the last time we can uh, do it before we release the film. So uh, we just uh, went there for two days. First day, we were we spent it just uh, building the spots out because we were re- literally taking some uh, some things out from the trash, you know, some old like. Um, Shelves and uh, some mattresses and putting them together to make some kickers to go through the factory there because there was also this uh, other uh, other uh, spot not on not only the last uh, like uh, scene when uh, it was like the ender scene of the movie but also before that when there is Casper's going through this tunnel and then just sliding uh, underneath this like a bridge not a bridge but like a platform he's sliding on the on the ice and then ed is, he's jumping through the window into the into the like factory then uh, jumping onto this platform and then jumping off from the platform out from the window like and landing in and so and that, that, that that's another spot from this uh, factory and then this uh this ender scene it's, it was shot in this uh, big, big, huge uh, anger, like, where where it's like, the ceilings were, I don't know, 15 meters high. It was huge. And uh, that was actually the place where they took out the, the clay there. So there was a big clay pile in the middle, like, not in the middle, but like in one side of the big room. And uh, since there was some water there, it was all frozen up. So we Like I said, we took some things from the trash and just build up a kicker. So we had already the landing. We put some snow on the landing. And also the snow was a big struggle because we had to uh, drive just around this factory and uh, try to find some places where the snow didn't melt. Uh, All the the snow didn't melt, like, uh, you know, uh, some shade parts. And uh, also when the big trucks are cleaning out the road, they leave like on the side of the roads, like these snow piles, <clears throat> sorry, and uh, we are just like putting the snow in the truck back of the bus like as much as we can, and then just driving back to the factory and then taking the snow out, bringing it into this uh, spot and building it all up and uh, it was a really uh hard spot I would say because the building and uh, and the filming and I remember there was it was like the second day the end of the second day and we knew that okay we have to like finish because we have to go home we have to pack everything up and we have to go home and it's like 200 kilometers to to Riga from this spot and we're we are really wet because it's like a little bit maybe it was raining you know and anyways from like digging the snow and making the spots you get really wet and you also sweat a little bit and then you get wet from inside out and uh we're really tired and and, uh, some of us already got a little like you know angry not angry but you know when you're like frustrated that oh fuck i want to go home but it's taking so long and we have to do it this and we have to finish the spot and uh, then just just in the end of this trip I, i i did some some tricks on the pile some flat tree and backflip and tried, tried to do some uh, 540s as well. But in the end, the backflip, yes, without it was the best trick from yeah. me.
0: So, uh, like, looking at the movie yourself, what's, what's your favorite shot or scene from the whole thing?
1: Uh, we, we had... Uh, there, there's this um, one cool scene where we are in the... Um, another like another old factory which is like in the center of riga uh just like on the other side of our friend's place where they have bar so we are just hanging out a lot of times there as well Uh, it's called local house and uh on the other side there is this like uh old uh beer factory which is right now they they uh demolished it because they're building some new like uh, offices and new places new restaurants over there and uh i found this spot once uh, in the summertime i was just uh, riding around the city with a bike and uh, finding some like usually in the summertime riding around and checking some spots maybe there's some nice spot and going in some random uh random uh, yards and just checking out if there is any rails or drops or wall rides or something like that so yeah i found it uh, because there there was this like a staircase uh wall like a staircase then the wall and then there's a, also a hand, small handrail there and i thought yeah it would be cool to jump like an inward 180 into the wall and then you ride right back to the rail and slide it so it was a pretty cool uh, thing that it was i think it was like friday evening or saturday evening so there was a lot of like uh, young people around just going to the bars and there's another like there was literally like hundreds hundred meters away another bar there so some like some uh, young youngsters would come and with some beers and some cocktails and they were like hey what are you doing here guys and suddenly there would be like a 20 people crowd just watching us do the spot and they're like cheering, you know, like a little bit drunk, you know, yeah, come on guys, let's do it. So, and I was really struggling with the spot because I couldn't uh, get like the right angle for landing. I was always like jumping too much to the side and whenever I, when I was hitting the wall, my skis just slid out, slid out. And I thought it's gonna be super easy, like five, six tries, and that's it. But in the end, I got like no, twenty-five tries or something like that. So, but it was was uh, really nice uh, because I found this spot, I had this idea, uh, and in the end, we had we have a very, very nice, uh, very, very nice like uh, video from this spot, like a, a lot of angles, and it's very artistic as well. And then another another very nice uh, like I like this like spot and I like I like uh, the result as well. Uh, it's the part where it is this only Latvian song you hear in the movie. It's uh, it's also a cool story because this guy who is uh, singing in the song and he also uh, com- composed the song. His name is Harald Siemens. He's uh, in his sixties right now, but he was also an alpine skier when he was like 16 years old back in the soviet times and he skied like for the like the national uh team or something like a national junior team and then after that he uh, didn't ski anymore but but still he was like a skier and uh i didn't knew about him anything and after only after that, uh, Ernest, uh, he showed me this song. He's like, when we were, we were doing these like uh, summer camps for a uh, for movie, movie production, just, you know, uh, we have like, Ernest has and Emil's has their summer houses. We just, the old team goes to the summer house. We take our PCs with us and then we're editing and developing some, some ideas and stuff like that. And uh, we went there and Ernest uh, showed me this song. And and A, he said, hey, uh, I wanted to use this song for uh, the last project, but we didn't have like uh, space to use it. So maybe let's use it now. It's a really cool song. It's from uh, 70s, I think, or uh, early 80s, <laughs> Latvian rock song. And he's uh, this Harald, he's singing about that uh, he has the lake on top of the mountain there. And, and in Latvian, it's uh, sounding a little bit better, <laughs> though, but... Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty cool song and good ly- ly- lyrics and uh, good uh, good music as well, like rock. And uh, uh I edited a little bit of this uh, spot where we went and uh, we put the song over, and straight up it was like perfect, perfect. The song goes together with this spot, just perfect. Yeah, let's use the song. And uh, and yeah, the spot was we went, we went, uh, me, my brother another friend who is not skier and he he has been helping us with some spots like digging he has been like taking some photos but he's not a professional filmer or anything he's just a friend who is enthusiastic uh, with with like uh, our project and usually helping us with some stuff and he took with him his younger brother as well and just four guys we went to this place it's called uh, um what was it called? The uh, the blue mountains, the blue mountains, I think. And it's uh, basically an uh, ancient Latvian uh, campsite where some uh, people lived like ten thousand years ago, or maybe less, but some long time ago. And uh, there's like these two hills like this, and the staircase is coming like between them like that. And uh, we went. We, I checked it out in the internet, and it looked pretty cool. We went there again. There was not a lot of snow but still some snow left and uh, we were just filming there some like two three hours but it was pretty cool because just one camera one skier and that's it and then another two guys who were helping with shaping and building the kickers nothing big like one small kicker a little in run and then this uh, wooden staircase nothing big but in the end this is one of like my favorite shots of the movie and when i'm talking to some um, people who are not making movies or not into freestyle skiing they're always saying that that's their favorite like scene from the whole movie this this music and this like spot where i'm just riding down alone this like little hill like going over the staircase and also the interesting thing is that uh usually like people who are not into the ski into skiing they're always mentioning that, hey, but this crazy wooden staircase, like the craziest spot. Whoa, what the fuck? How could you ride it down? I'm like, hey, man, it's not that. It's like uh, the risk is not that big and it's not that complicated, like compared to jumping over the rig sign with 900 or something like that. <laughs> but uh, usually some uh, yeah, not skier people, they're always telling me that, yeah, this is the craziest spot of the movie, this uh, wooden staircase where you're riding down. So that 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 was there was a lot of fun as well to do it
0: yeah and that's one of those like surreal shots where it's like where even are you you know because it, it's just the two hills and then and then the uh the stairs so it really feels like you're in the middle of nowhere just <laughs> it was just it was such a it was such a surreal shot
1: yeah we, we have a lot of these like places in latvia and uh, also around riga where where you can shoot something and it would look like it's where the fuck is it? It's like, uh, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of uh, abandoned, like, uh, warehouses and factories and uh, buildings and just, uh, not a lot of people, uh, around. And you can, I remember also once uh, we, we went to Tesis, which I told you about the city where Casper's from and, uh, just, it was in the summer and we were there for this one promo event uh, opening, uh, uh, Velo uh, pump track you know like pump track and uh, there was this guy from uh, a, um, yeah, where was he? where was he Hungary he's living in Riga right now and we went we went through the city and he's like hey the city looks like a movie set nobody's like walking on the streets <laughs> like you know in the movie set when they build like fake houses and everything so yeah that, that that's what he thought and uh, i guess yeah it's a lot of uh, a lot of places in latvia like that's since we don't have a lot of citizens here we have a lot of free free spaces wow that's opened cool. up spaces yeah
0: yeah and so how did you guys decide that you were done filming like you you're filming skiing for 6 years what how did you just call it and be like yep we're not adding any more skiing to the movie let's start doing the, like the cinematic part
1: of it well yeah like i told you we were we were we thought we we were ending like 2000, uh, 2016 i think the 16 17 season it was like the season where we thought okay this is it we have enough skiing and now we have to film uh, during the summertime. we have to film uh, we have to film the the shots in the in the studio in the cinematic shots and and that's it we can like we can uh, we can just uh, let it go or or put it on the screen and um, that's that's why we stopped uh, filming skiing and after that the next the next winters I guess we were really into making competitions organizing competitions that's that was one of also the reasons why we couldn't film so much as well and uh yeah basically you thought that yeah it's it's good enough it we have everything we need and uh, we, we just need to uh put more time into uh producing and editing and thinking about how we can uh how we can not sell it but you know how we can show it and then and we can push it forward the project mm-hmm. so uh we still we had some like thoughts that oh maybe we should film a little bit more maybe we should like film something better then we can switch up some uh, some parts and, and and just choose the best spots out from from everything we have but uh but yeah and then we thought it's it's good enough for us mm-hmm. and it's it should stay like that yeah and
0: i'm not sure how how big the the freestyle ski scene is in latvia but do you think that the film was more popular in your own country or more popular internationally
1: that's a good question actually
0: like where's most of your feedback coming from um
1: probably mostly from from like our own scene like latvian but we don't have a lot of skiers there's like it's hard to tell how many active skiers we have usually when we organize competition then it's around like 50 60 competitors and then there's like some skiers who are not competing and just skiing for fun and i'm not even sure that all the all the latvian freestyle skiers have seen the movie probably they have but i'm not sure about that. but uh there's a lot of like this like ex- extreme sports or alternative sports community they're all like together in some some ways because everybody knows each other like the mixers and skaters and bladers and scooter kids and skiers snowboarders they're basically the, like the same group of people just uh, doing their own sports and and we have a lot of like feedback from those guys who are our friends as well like skaters and and the mixers and snowboarders who are just like saying like some compliments and and uh, and cheering for us and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, also that's like the more personal, I guess, personal uh, interaction because those people uh, they come up up to us, you know, we meet them on the street or we meet them uh, meet them at some parties or somewhere, and and, and they just um, they can like express their uh, their feelings about the movie like uh, in more personal way. And uh, of course, it's very nice to see the comments in new schoolers, for example. And we can we can finally like see uh, see what the world skiing community thinks about the movie, and that's like the, the one of the main goals we we wanted to achieve. That that uh, we want we wanted to like. To, to get the attention from the skiers and to see their uh, uh, or to hear their opinion about this like way you can make ski movies like we did it now mm-hmm.
0: yeah and so that was my other question what what was uh i always love to ask people that release content like what was your reaction to everybody's reaction were you just like super stoked did you expect people to to be really excited like what what was your expectation and then when people ended up really enjoying it
1: how did you feel well since like we we are like i told you like seven different personalities in uh our opinions really like uh different different uh, from each other and uh some of us are more pessimists and some of us are more optimists and And sometimes you you, like if you're like the one who is more pessimistic and then there's another guy who is more optimistic, you you talk and then you can change your opinion, you know, that you influence from the optimist and you become become a little less pessimistic and other other way around as well, so there was like a lot of like, there wasn't one thing we expected i expected like for for example i expected that there will be some some guys who will say that oh yeah there's like it's a nice movie but yeah the tricks you know you could you could do more tricks you could put more skiing in it was not enough enough skiing maybe and stuff like that so there was these guys who, who told us like I, Especially from the from other sports like other extreme sports, who are waiting, uh, uh, waiting to see more like spectacular spots and, and dangerous tricks and stuff like that. So there was these guys. Some some uh, very interesting was also to hear and which which was one of our goals to uh, to get to these people who are not into extreme sports, not into uh, skiing. They're, they 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 well basically all all like most of the people who watch the movie probably they have some friends from extreme sports or alternative sports and and they know what's up but uh they're not like watching edits every day or watching some you know skate skate edits every day or uh, or checking out what is happening on uh, in the in the free skiing scene and so on so on but uh those those and uh, so uh, we our goal was to get to these people and try to um try to make this uh, movie interesting from that for them so to teach them about like freestyle skiing about street skiing and uh and uh, it was like one of the things we were waiting that these people would say like yes this was something else i could enjoy this and that that what that was what we got as well from these people like who are not skiers or not extreme sportists sportsmen Uh, they they told us that some of them they told us that yes this was, this was like, this made sense to me to watch it because I could understand why are you doing it? And I could, uh, really like, um, follow through the movie because, you know, if you're not so interesting, interested in the skiing, if you watch like 10 minutes of tricks in one point or you get bored, you're like, okay, I already seen this because you don't, you cannot, uh, uh, you cannot tell which trick is like harder or uh, easier, or in in, in one moment it, everything uh, looks the same. Uh, and then and then there was uh, like uh, another thing. We were waiting for the opinion of of Ski World, and and I personally I thought it could go both ways. It could go this one direction when everybody would say or most of the people's would say that, Oh yeah, this it's, it's okay. But yeah, the skiing is not maybe at the highest level, maybe not enough spots, maybe not enough uh, tricks or stuff, stuff like that. And it could be the other direction that some, some skiers would recognize that, uh, what we wanted to tell and what one we would, we wanted to show that, uh, the ski ski movie could be not only about skiing. It could, uh, have some messages in it it could have some story in it and it would uh become something more than just a like a regular ski movie and uh for for my actually for my uh surprise there was more more of the skiers who watched it had this second opinion that which was our goal actually to have this like uh, to to hear this from from other skiers that they recognize this work and they recognize the 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 things which we wanted to show them uh, that uh, we can we can uh, turn turn the ski movies into something more basically. Mm-hmm.
0: And and how did you feel? Were you on the optim- optimistic or pessimistic side when it was
1: all finished? Uh well depends from the day probably i can wake up as a pessimist and i can go to sleep as an optimist and other way around but yeah i'm always trying to hope for the best you know or uh prepare for the worst and hope for the best yeah that's 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 the thing sick
0: yeah so we're getting to the end here and we didn't really get time to talk about your other responsibilities like working with like, the ski federation and your free ski school so i'll just i'll i'll cover that with the last question is so what do you think the future of skiing is like in latvia is it going to get better get worse stay the same
1: well yeah well it's it all first of all it all depends from the climate situation because right now uh we had probably four really bad winters like one was the worst one, which was uh, the one before uh, the last season, which we, we where we didn't uh, like only one ski resort uh, managed to open up because they were saving snow bef- before, uh, like one year before from season before, you know, they're piled up the snow and then put some uh, uh, chain, uh, how you call these, uh, from when you cut the trees and then you have the like uh, the bark. the bark yeah wood chips yeah wood chips yeah you know then they cover the snow with the wood chips and they have this special uh, material which uh, reflects the sun so they saved up some snow so they could open the hill for probably two weekends and then it all melted away and uh, then some seasons before it was also really bad and there was no snow so it, it it's a really big struggle and you can see that Whenever there's like these two, three years without snow and with really bad seasons, uh, the, the ski resorts struggle, the ski shops struggle. So the ski schools, they cannot organize trainings. You cannot make competition. And uh, when whenever you can make competition again, then you can see that there's less competitors and less kids skiing and so on. So that's that affects a lot. If if the winters would be, like, the last one we had, like, this year, it, for sure, it it would develop, because somehow here in Latvia, we have really, uh, really big, like, alpine skiing scene, big for our our countries, Uh, considering that we don't have any mountains. We have, like, 10 ski clubs with ski coaches, and they're all, like... uh, uh, fighting for some spots in the national team. And uh, we have, uh, in in last uh, five years, we had like four top 300 uh, alpine skiers, which is pretty good for Latvia. Uh, we had also like uh, one guy who was in top 100. He was like 61st in, in slalom in world standings so uh and and also like back in the days in soviet union times there was also some good alpine skiers who were uh, skiing for the soviet uh, team so we have some good um like uh, yeah good scene here with the alpine skiing but freestyle skiing for for potential for freestyle skiing it's much better here in latvia since you don't need so much like space so much uh, of a big mountains for building like kickers for big airs or slop style course okay you need more for slop style course but still we have some places where where we could build like big parks and big kickers and it could develop but it all depends i i would say it all depends from from the winters from from climate if it would it if it will be good then we will try to do everything we can to to develop these sports here and then to do some cool things. Like, uh, we have some cool ideas for different kinds of competitions and like, uh, just cultural events to uh, get uh, everybody together and make some fun, fun stuff. Yeah. Great. Yep.
0: Well, Anars, thank you very much for coming on today. It was great to get to know you and hear about Oda. It was, it was fascinating.
1: Yeah, I hope that you enjoyed it and it was nice talking to you.